biohacking, performance, mastery, mindset. This is a show about getting better every single day. The Hack Life with Joe Levin. Welcome to the show. Welcome, guys, to another great show. This is another solo sode. You know, we're all trapped on this whole Corona COVID-19 and I've got another great episode actually lined up for next week, but I thought I would do just one more solo sode and then get back to a couple of interviews. You know, I was reading a, a great book by Dr. Gundry, Stephen Gundry, and he's got this book called The Plant Paradox. And the book, it's fascinating. And then I actually bought the cookbook, and the cookbook's got in it some amazing recipes. And he talks about the five fictitious foods that are actually not healthy, but that you might think are healthy. And you might actually give these to your kids, or you might ingest them daily. And so I thought it'd be just a kind of a fun podcast to go over these five Sneaky foods that appear healthy, but in fact, probably are not. So let's dive right in. So the first one is none other than cow's milk. Now, most people think of milk as doing the body good, right? And good for your bones, good calcium. The fact of the matter is actually milk really doesn't have as much calcium as you'd probably think. You can get a lot of good calcium from spinach and greens. Now, here's the deal. The cow's milk that we get in the U.S. and Canada actually comes from a breed of, of cows that are known as the Holstein or Holstein cows. And what's interesting about them is that they produce this lectin-like protein known as casein A1, which is it's converted to this other protein known as beta-casomorphine BCM. And why is that important? Because BCM acts actually as, as an opioid, right? It's like an opioid-like substance. So you can just imagine why we like milk, why it becomes so addicting, why we maybe get sleepy after, uh, after being on this opioid-like uh, substance. And here's the other key thing is that this protein actually it attaches to your pancreas, which produces insulin. And so that can actually produce this immune type of response, okay? It, that can also produce – and when you think of insulin, right, you think of what? You think of diabetes. So we're producing ins- inflammation. We're producing – or we could be a, a causation for type 1 diabetes, right? And what do you ever notice about, about – People that are are drinking a lot of milk, right? Milk, you know, think about like bodybuilders or just kids growing up, right? And we notice like these kids or 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 girls, right, are developing a lot faster. And so the reason behind that is because milk is actually very dense in what is known as insulin-like growth factor, which is IGF one. So. It's interesting because now there's a lot of studies showing us you want to reduce insulin-like growth factor or IGF-1 as you get older. So that's why things like fasting are such a big deal because it actually lowers that. So we want to lower that because as we get older, right, we're not trying to age. I mean, I'm sorry, we're not trying to grow. When we're young, that's okay. And so having a high IGF-1 can be okay if you're trying to stimulate growth. Like I said, you're a bodybuilder or somebody trying to stimulate that anabolic growth. Maybe you want high IGF-1. 
But as we get older, we, we actually want to conserve a lot of the energy. And IGF-1, you know, they, they find a lot of that in, in actually cancer patients. So reducing IGF-1 is crucial for just longevity purposes. But here's the deal. Milk actually promotes that, right? It promotes this rapid growth or weight gain. And what's ironic is kids, we don't want them growing that rapidly. Actually, humans were designed to grow slowly. Now, for calves, you know, cows, this it's a different situation. For cows, they want to grow rapidly. They want to get big. It's, it's part of their survival mechanism. The bigger they are, the less likely they're going to be attacked by some kind of predator, right? So it's important for them. Now, if you look at human breast milk, you'll actually see that it's a lot less than, than the IGF-1 we find in cows. So... Just to recap, you know, if you want to get some calcium-rich foods, I kind of listed some earlier, you know, spinach, sweet potatoes, figs, you can pressure cook some beans or lentils and make like a puree. Um, you know, and then another big thing with, with milk is you say, yeah, but Joel, it's fortified with vitamin D. And, you know, we, we know that vitamin D is crucial for inflammation, longevity, and just health overall, a healthy immune system. Here's the thing, obviously you could supplement with vitamin D, but what most kids are actually mi- missing from vitamin D is getting out sun and being in the sun. Because if you're not in the sun, the vitamin D won't properly actually convert. So that's what kids need more likely is actually getting outside, being away from the TV, being away from inside. You need to be outside in order to convert that vitamin D to its usable form. So Think about that. You don't necessarily need to drink fortified milk to get your vitamin D, okay? All right, and one last thing. You know, my mentor, Dr. Cabral, who run, who's ran over like, I don't know, like 300,000 lab tests. You know, he's a functional medicine doctor. And he says all the time, you know, he's like, it's the number one allergy he sees every single time. It is, it's up there. It's always there. It's the number one allergy. So you think about that or you just think about some awareness of, you know, what's going on with your kids? Do they have a lot of earaches or infections? Are they always getting sick? You know, attention deficit disorder. I mean, I don't know. Any of those types of things, you know, just think about obviously the food we're putting in their bodies and is dairy, is dairy one of them? And there's just so many easy alternatives right now, right? You've got almond milk, oat milk, even though it's probably laced with glyphosate, so you probably need to find an organic one, Uh, goat milk. Or how about this? No milk. I, I, I don't know. Make your own milk. Make macadamia milk. There's just so many other good milks out there. So number two, okay, number two, whole grains, right? When we think of whole grains, I remember, you know, as a, as a younger, uh, you know, as like a teenager slash in my early 20s, like I just remember that all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, wheat bread is the thing now. <laughs> like, we found out that white bread is is for cowards. White bread is crap, and the wheat bread is this is this is it. Like it's got nutrients. It, it's way more yeah. It's way more dense in, in just nutrients and minerals. And white bread had none of that. They took it all out. They took it all out, and you're left with this bleached white bread. So you need to be eating brown rice. And now they charge you extra money to substitute with brown rice. Instead of the white rice, and you got to have your wheat bread. So, yes, you are right. Having the having the wheat 
is great because it's slower digesting and you know you get yeah you might get a couple more uh, vitamins and nutrients that's that's awesome the issue is the problem is <laughs> the reason the wheat you get the brown right is that it includes the whole and the seed and that my friends contains the greatest concentration of lectins which are highly inflammatory you don't get that in the white bread and the white rice. Now, you might be asking yourself, okay, but what are lectins? Because I mentioned it once when I talked about the dairy. I said that they had an, that a, ACE1, a, 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 A1 casein protein, which is a lectin, and now I'm mentioning it again. So you want to think about this. When it comes to lectins, right, you know, plant, think about plants just over hundreds of millions of years. You know, a plant cannot defend itself, right? Insects came around, humans came around, started foraging these plants and eating them. A plant has a couple responses. One, it can issue just poison out of its its uh, its leaves or its flower or whatever to kill you off right away, to paralyze you, to like let you know, stay away from me. Or the other option, which is a more long-term option, is they can slowly debilitate you over time and so what i mean by that is you let's say you eat a plant maybe even supposedly it's a healthy plant or you eat its seeds so when you ingest these seeds the whole of the seed the outer shell the protective shell what it does is it wreaks havoc in your gut so it goes inside your gut and those those little cells that one cell in length that is protecting your gut from your bloodstream it's just wreaking a hole in that gut and these lectins what they are is they're these like sticky proteins okay and so they can bind to sugar molecules such as polysaccharides the polysaccharides what's great about polysaccharides is in your gut and it's like this mucus think of like a mucus like a set of molecules it's like an extra barrier protection that it will entrap other um other invaders or things that are trying to break into your uh, bloodstream and so what they do is they issue that they issue that out now what these lectins do is they can actually attach to that polysaccharide and and break it up and they can they can they can attach to them they can flip this chemical switch which will break away your tight junctions and anytime we have those tight junctions broken you constantly hear of a syndrome called leaky gut right we all know that that's when these microscopic holes are being punctured in your gut and now you're getting bacteria that's starting to leak out constantly and so now you just think your body is constantly trying to put out a fire now, if you got other things going on, other stresses in your life, like that's going to be a problem. <laughs> like it's going to catch up to you, you know. Um, and what leaky gut is really known for too, when someone has leaky gut, what a lot of times comes along with that is some kind of autoimmune disease, right? Like rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease, uh, lupus, Hashimoto's, multiple sclerosis, Graves' disease, celiac disease, vitiligo, psoriasis, IBS, type 1 diabetes. All these things could be stemmed from something like a leaky gut. Now, is lectins your problem? I don't know. It could be, though. It could be one of the, the sources, and that's why I thought it'd be valuable to bring this up because it's just so unknown. People think that they're eating these healthy foods, but they're not. You know, you're eating, you're ingesting this wheat bread because you think you're doing yourself a favor, but you're not. 
you're ingesting this brown rice, you're paying extra money for it, and the only thing you're getting is you're ripping a hole in your gut. And now bacteria is leaking out in your bloodstream, and now you have some kind of autoimmune condition. So it's like, how do you, we got to fix that, right? Got to fix that. So you think about, when you think about like whole grains, like where did this all come from? Now, so if you go back in time, you'll actually look at, you look at none other than John Harvey Kellogg, right? You think about Kellogg uh, Frosted Flakes, crunchy, crunchy Flakes, right? And, and it's just amazing. I mean, think about our history, right? Think about the the pyramid, the, the table, you know? Yeah, you got to eat your grains. You got to eat your dairy. It's like these people were bought, man, sold and bought, okay? And I'm a person who grew up on cereal. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, still my favorite. I love it. Um, I haven't had that in years, but uh, I might be tempted. So, and so, and those are the top two. So you've got the whole grains and the dairy. I just listed two, two big problems, and that is what most people's breakfast is every single day. And so you got to ask yourself: Are you one of those people with some kind of autoimmune condition? Are you someone who's suffering from health? But you think. You know, you're doing it right. You think you're, well, I'm following the FDA. I'm following the recommended guidelines. I'm doing what I'm told. I'm being good. There's no way, there's no way that I could be suffering. I'm doing what I'm told. I'm eating my cereal every day. I'm eating my oatmeal. Oatmeal is healthy, right? Oatmeal is some, it's a healthy cereal. So think about that. Build some awareness. Could you, could you have eggs for, could you have some kind of like, Good high fat, high protein type of type of breakfast. Maybe a, you know, do what I do. Do I do a smoothie that just eliminates all of that? Makes it easy to digest. I'm getting all my nutrients. Maybe a little bit of fruit, which I'm going to talk about next, actually. Um, so yeah, you know, do that. Do maybe try something different. Uh, Tim Ferriss has a great. Um, he has a great diet. He calls the slow carb diet, and so that's what he does. It's a lot of it's it's somewhat keto esque, right? So you have. You have um, you have foods that are you know slow carb digesting keeps you fuller longer. But a, a typical meal for him would be like something like eggs and and uh, sausage or something like that to keep you satiated. Avocados would be great, right? All right, so let's move on. Number three, fruit. Okay, this is a big one. This is a big one. You know, I know my kids absolutely love fruit. They want fruit at least three times a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, and then don't forget a snack. And so this this campaign, you go back in history too. You, we don't know, right? We're not. We don't have that awareness built in time. But if you go back in history and you look, you'll see that the United Fruit Company, aka Chiquita Bananas, they claim that bananas cured things like celiac disease, and they offered a coupon for a free bunch of bananas in, you guessed it, none other than Kellogg's Corn Flakes. Remember that little banana with cornflakes and they even paid doctors to promote bananas for kids health by the way bananas are like they're like it's you might as well just call them diabetes they are like one of the most highest rich foods um in glucose so or or maybe it's fructose actually i either way you're gonna have a huge insulin spike so diabetics i'm talking to you you know you think you're doing yourself a healthiness by having you're having by having a banana, you might as well just have a you might as well have a candy bar. I'm telling you that right now, when especially when it comes to a banana. So the other issue too is with you know with modern fruit, it, a lot of it's hybridized, and so it's even got higher sugar than than we've had in the past, right? 
So, I mean, you think about like why why is like a honey crisp apple? Why is that so popular? Why is a honey crisp apple so popular? Because it's been bred to be sweet. It's been it's been bred to taste extra sweet. And so, you know, yeah, it's a it's a natural sugar, but you know, again, it's this is fructose. This is this is fructose that's found in these fruits. And they've done a lot of studies now and, and fructose has been shown to have just severe serious damage on your liver and your kidneys. You want to look at like insulin resistance. You want to look at diabetes. Look at that what that does to your brain. Look at what it does to your memory. Look at what it does to your learning. Okay? So now, as of now, the USDA is recommending that we eat two to four servings of fruit a day for adults. And guess what? The recommendation for children, it's pretty much the same. So you're saying that kids should have <laughs> twice, like just the same amount as adults. That's, tw- that's more than twice the amount of fruit, I'm telling you, you and your children should be eating. So you want to be thinking, when you think in terms of fruit, like you want to think about like our ancestors, like when they had a fruit, first of all, it was seasonal. So they probably had it like during the summertime, right? And it was a treat. And, and what was going on in the summertime? Well, there was heat. We were walking a lot. We were moving a lot. Now, what were we doing in the winter? There is no fruit. The fruit dies. Are we having fruit? Nope. We're hibernating. We're, we're, we're fasting. We're entering ketosis. We start to switch gears, right? That's how our body was designed to do. But for us, when winter comes or the seasons change, what do we do? We still can maintain that same diet of high fruit. Nothing changes for us. We're, there's nothing seasonal about us, in, typically. We just continue to eat the same stuff. Now, if you look at back at our answers, like I said, they didn't they didn't do that. They ate with the seasons. They didn't have that option. They didn't have Trader Joe's. They didn't have Whole Foods in the winter time. So they they were fasting. They were hibernating. They were conserving their energy. They didn't have the luxury. They weren't eating fruit in the winter. They were that fruit that they ate in the summer. That was coming. That was that was being expelled from their liver and kidneys. They were using that. They were using that energy that they got in the summer. They were using that to survive in the winter. We don't do that. There is no winter. There's no winter for us. We're just going summer, summer, summer all day, all year long. So what can you do about it, right? Well, so for one, let's try to get organic. We're big on organic just because uh, everything's laden with pesticides and glyphosate, and that is also a gut disruptor, okay? That will wreak havoc on your gut, and that will cause autoimmune disease just there. Instead of always having fruit, think of other snacks. What could you do? Like macadamia nuts, pistachios, walnuts, uh, an unsweetened almond butter maybe with some celery sticks. That's what I like to do. You could do a small container of uh, coconut or goat's uh, peely nut or even a sheep's milk yogurt. Okay, so those are some, some options. And then if you're going to do fruits, just think of something that's lower in sugar, you know, like a high-nutrient fruit like a berry, um, blueberries, pomegranate seeds, citrus fruits. You want to you want to avoid though like some of the the more tropical fruits uh, fruits uh, like we talked about bananas. Um, of course, you could always have them in an unripe form, and you get that resistant starch. There's something to think about there. That's a whole other topic. Um, but think about it, you know, just as like uh, after dessert, right? That could be your dessert. It's like one, once a day. You want to limit it. You want to limit, especially like for kids. You want to listen to like about half a cup. Okay. You want to avoid all fruit, for all fruit juices as well. Let's avoid those because that's just like there's no fiber in that, and you're just that's just immediate diabetic shock. 
by having some kind of fruit juice, okay? All right, so let's move on to the next one. I think we hit that one over the head. Fruits are bad. Bad, bad, bad. Number four, peanuts and peanut butter. So first of all, here's the problem with peanuts and, and peanut butter. It's not even a nut. It's actually a legume, and you probably knew that, okay? So the issue with that is it's a legume that is loaded with lectins, okay? Which could be a reason why you have all these food allergies when it comes to the peanut allergies on the rice. I mean, now they're not even letting you have – you can't even bring peanuts or peanut butter into schools, you know? They were having like EpiPens in schools just in case people had like an allergic re- reaction, so the issue too with peanuts and peanut butter is again the insulin spike you're gonna get. It's just it's just another it's another um, stimulant I guess we could just call it for uh, for diabetes. It, the oil itself I believe uh, this is this is not from you won't find this in the plant par- paradox. Actually, I heard Doctor Gundra on a podcast was talking about how bad you know he used to do like heart surgery, and so he would talk about how. Uh, that w- it was such an issue, I think, for just uh, heart disease and other other issues. But I'd have to lo- I'd have to go back and uh, actually listen to that. But he talks a lot about just how he's just not an advocate of peanuts. But the bottom line is that they have lectins, and we've kind of uncovered what is what are some of the problems with lectins, and it just it's it's not a necessity. You don't you don't need this, right? You don't need peanuts. Have almond butter. It's it's delicious. All right, number five, beans and lentils. Okay. Now, you know, we think about when you think about when you think about beans, you know, you, you, rice, beans, you think that's a healthy food. I, I've heard a lot. It's good fiber, good, uh, good nutrients. It's a good source of protein, uh, good amino acids. You know, this is good stuff. So if you're going to do beans, you want to look for organic, non-GMO. Okay. And if you can, you want to soak them overnight before cooking them in like an Instapot, in a pressure cooker. Because if you do that, you're actually going to remove the lectins during the process. And that's that's the big thing. (coughs) Excuse me. So beans and lentils, bottom line is just just like peanuts, they're a legume. And they are rich in lectins, which means they're going to wreak havoc on your gut. They're going to be poking holes all over your gut. So the hack for that is you soak them overnight and you put them in an Instapot pressure cooker and there you go. And you're good. So you still can have beans. You still can have lentils. You just got to know how to break that hole of the seed. And the easiest way is to use an Instapot, right? But again, these are some – we just kind of covered five big foods that are seem – you know, appear to be very healthy. And – other than really fruit, you know, they have lectins. And what Dr. Gundry has noticed as a as a physician, as a heart surgeon, he sees by just removing lectins from people's diets and changing their diets, he's been able to prevent people from having a lot of these, you know, open heart surgeries. And he's got just fascinating stories that you can actually read his book, The Plant Paradox. If you want just a simpler version, like a Reader's Digest version of The Plant Paradox, you just want to get like the the skinny on it, you can get the cookbook, which I have. I'll put them all in the links for the show notes. But the bottom line is just creating awareness, guys. We're just creating awareness 
and, and bringing that to the forefront and what we might not know. These are obviously these are all everything I listed today is if you were to look at these five foods, you say these are healthy foods. I don't I don't I don't see the issue. And my question to you is is awareness. You know, I remember as a kid in high school, I would I would have a, a muffin uh, around a snack time or man, I would be doing like whey protein shakes all the time or I'd be having cereal and I would always have like a bubbly gut always in the morning. And I didn't even think of it. I just that was like I didn't ever ask why as a kid. I didn't know. Didn't have the brain to brain power to, to think that way. I just I had no idea. Just oh yeah, I get a I get a bubble I get a bubbly gut. I get bloating in the mornings. That's what happens. And, and I think that that happens to most of us, right? We just get into these patterns, these routines, these habits. We don't know any better. No one's talking about the plant paradox. Like you gotta go out and look for stuff like this, right? And so because that's not being foreseen, because that's not being promoted, instead what's being promoted is the FDA, right? Chiquita banana, that's being promoted. Kellogg's, Kellogg's uh, cereal, that's being promoted. Again, they've been, they're, bought and, they're bought and paid for, man, all these guys. So it's about bringing awareness and making subtle, small changes. I hope this podcast was helpful for you guys. Thank you so much. I love you, and I will see you next week. I'm out. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in the show. It absolutely means the world to me, and I'm extremely grateful for this opportunity. If any of this resonates with you, feel free to go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. There you can follow me, or you can follow me on Spotify. And if you're interested in life coaching or health coaching, you can find me at joelevancoaching.com, and I'd love to connect with you there. Thanks, and continue to be amazing. 